Get Outside with Kids, the podcast where we help you have more amazing adventures outside with your family. Jen and I right now are trying to plan a hike with some other mum friends. So it's without kids. And we're looking at all the different sources of information out there for finding out about hikes and trails. And there's all these websites, there's all these places you can get your information. But Jen, do you remember when we used to have books, like books you could hold in your hand? I know. I still, I mean, I still have the 103, I think it's 103 hikes book in BC. It was kind of like the hiking like a Bible, I feel for like quite a long time. And I know you have the same book and there's something so special, I think about having this tangible resource. And I think because typically when it's a book, it's by trusted resources, people have actually hiked those trails. They've put it together. They reference where they actually got the information from. And with the rise of online places, like it's just a mix. You know, I work for a very reputable online, uh, you know, resource for trails where all of those hikes have been hiked by an actual person. But then of course, there's these giant conglomerates out there that may post trails that have incorrect information or maybe some of it's a mix and i think i think there's something kind of being lost when you don't have a physical book in your hand or at least a really good place to reference before you go hiking so today we're really excited to have an author on her name's sarah lamagna and she has written a book um, about hiking with kids in new england sarah is an avid outdoors woman with a great love for books and creating stories and her career has spanned many topics and locations she has worked as a professional ecologist for almost 15 years so she knows all about like those nature tips and information that you can put into her books um, about the kinds of places that uh, her trails are going through she now makes a living as a freelance writer specializing in the outdoor travel industry and her first book is called hiking with kids in New England. We had a really great conversation with Sarah all about the rise of these online systems and how you can find the best possible information um, for hikes in your area. We're also talking about mums being called superheroes and sharing some thoughts on that. So we think you're going to love Sarah. She's a delight to have on and uh, we hope you love this episode with her. We're so excited to have Sarah here with us today on our podcast. Welcome to the show, Sarah, and thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So we started following along on your adventures over on Instagram a little while ago when you were going on these adventure days with your kiddo. Can you tell us about what those days were all about and what they've meant to you and to your kid? Yeah, those, oh, I miss those days a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I first became a mom, I was working full time. Um, and then I got let go from that job and wanted to figure out my life a little bit. So decided to be a stay at home mom for a while. Um, and we kind of went anywhere I really wanted to because uh, at that point, my kid was around seven months old. And I like to think of them as potted plants at that age where you <laughs> just you pick them up, you put them somewhere, and then you can just go on your way. Um, Never that's heard not, that description. That's I love great. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much the case anymore with a five and a half year old. Um, <laughs> but as he got into daycare um, and I became bigger into the freelance writing uh, world, uh, I still wanted to have a day with my kid. Uh, and so he took Tuesdays off and we went anywhere and everywhere. So in, in the summertime, it might've been to a backcountry swimming hole. Um, the fall, we just chased the colors around both Colorado and New England where we now live. We used to live in Colorado. Um, and then yeah, some days it was a theme park. Other days it was a movie. 
uh, it was just these days that I wanted to have this very small time with my son that I didn't want to share with anyone else, including my own husband. <laughs> um, and well, I have a son and he tends, even now he's a little bit more, you know, wanting to be around dad a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've now, I definitely fondly look upon those days where, you know, it was just the two of us. And uh, I brought him on these trails that I used to do as a kid and I'm seeing it in a totally different lens and not just as an adult, but as someone who's now a mom and seeing it through his eyes. Um, And I'll admit too that the conversations we have, it's honestly amazing because he'll, he'll start talking about Pokemon or some (laughs) dragon or whatever it is, but then it always leads to something a bit bigger and a bit more in depth. And uh, you don't think that a three-year-old on the trail is going to be talking about the meaning of life, but it ends up getting there at some (laughs) point. So um, I feel that these days on the trail were really special. Um, And even though he won't remember them, I, well, mom brain is real. So hopefully I'll remember them, but right now they're firmly in there for good. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, along this journey, you decided to write a book about hiking with kids. So I'd love to know, before we dive into more in depth about the book, like how did the book process kind of get started? Was it before kids you had this idea or it was because you were doing these adventure days with your son that kind of led you to write this hiking book? Oh, that's a really good question. And uh, I have a really boring answer, which is <laughs> it sort of fell into my lap. Um, so that's not boring. That's like serendipitous. That's, that's amazing. Really? Uh, I had a, a, I still have a friend of mine, um, and she is a very well-known writer in the outdoor industry. And um, she sort of took me under her wing when I first started thinking about uh, writing and um, kind of switching careers. Um, and she wrote books for this publisher um, and they were looking for more authors. So I had been writing for a couple of years. Um, I really enjoy writing, even though I was, you know, a former ecologist and, you know, my degrees are all sciencey related. I wrote for every single one of my jobs. I have always been a creative writer. Um, And so she was like, well, they're looking for more writers. Do you want to potentially write a book? And I had actually helped her with her books, um, just like map making things and like doing trail directions, like nothing in depth. So I knew a little bit about how to make these books and what goes into it um, and introduced me to the publisher and they took a look at my freelance writing articles and they were like, great, here's a contract. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Amazing. And then you're just an author. Like these are just then books. Just that wow. Wow. It happened. That whole process of going through the research for a book like this then I'm guessing you have to do, how many hikes are in your book, firstly? There's 50. 50. Um, Okay, only 50. (laughs) So does that mean you have to do 50 hikes with your kid? Thankfully, no. (laughs) So um, I will say uh, my son did uh, 37. Wow. And how old was he at that point? He ranged anywhere from three until like four and a half. So 
What sometimes I carried him, which was insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes I didn't. So um, there were a couple of harder hikes that I would carry him. Um, and unfortunately, some of the states he basically wasn't in because I just needed to have a good weather window. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to go. And I I literally run on the trail to make sure I could hit up like 12 hikes in two days. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Sarah, you are hardcore. The easiest-ish hike. They're not like 12 miles and 5,000 feet of elevation. It's like, it's, you know, not crazy or anything. But it's still like, it was mostly the driving. The yeah, driving yeah, yeah. was insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Jen and I were actually just talking. We're, we're looking at doing a hike this weekend. Uh, we're in the Vancouver region in in um, Canada. And kind of, you know, we've had another author on from our local area who's written a hiking with kids book um, around Vancouver, Stephen Huey, and he's amazing. And he talked to us a little bit. His kid was a bit older when he was writing his book. So not quite yeah. so much carrying of kids, I think, um, <laughs> for him. But thinking about like when people are going to look for trail information and there are so many online sources out there right now with varying degrees of quality. Can you tell us what's what do you see as the place for books, like actual physical books you can hold in your hand now when we've got all these websites spouting out all this information and people commenting on them and there's like different places you can get your information. What's the place of a book like the one you've just written in this kind of hiking world? Yeah, I I think for sure I'm one, especially because I carry a 40 pound kid sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't want to carry any extra weight. That's that's nuts. I I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he really wants to bring like the mushroom guidebooks and all these things. I'm like, why? He why? sounds amazing. He's he's pretty wonderful. He's pretty wonderful. <laughs> but where say my book and where other falcon guides so falcon guides is the publisher through um which i i wrote this book they are pretty standard across the board with their books where they have this huge trail beta section that you don't actually necessarily get on the online forums on all trails things like that we all know how much we love all trails and it's incorrect mileage we're just talking about this (laughs) yeah Every time it's wrong. Um, (laughs) But for this guide in particular, and what I'm basically telling people as uh, the selling point of it, in the trail beta section, there's a section that's, that's called trail instructions. And it goes through like mile by mile or in your case, kilometer by kilometer. Thank you. Although, I appreciate that. <laughs> my husband's Canadian, so I oh, am good. all of us. <laughs> we actually met in Vancouver, but that's the um, But each, so as I go through each of the hikes, I'll say like at 0.2 miles, you'll enter a mountain laurel tunnel where your kids can think about a fairy tale that they're in and like have things that are really specific to hiking with children or just someone who has a really good imagination um, or someone who gets bored easily on the trail, which let's face it, sometimes I get pretty bored on the trail. So this would also be a good book for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's what stands out. And then I would also like to, I don't know, maybe pat myself on the back that I'm a pretty sassy writer. Uh, I work a lot with editors that enjoy my voice, um, including the Falcon Guide editors that really enjoyed reading all of my chapters because I'm ridiculous so and my kid is usually ridiculous so oh, I love that I add those little like 
fun quirks to it. And man, okay, maybe I'm better at this marketing thing than I thought. So I also love that I put in these like little nature tidbits because of my background in forestry and soil science. I get so excited about these little like naturey things. Um, and so each hike has like a nature tidbit about whatever it is. So including, you know, where does the smell of soil come from? I, many Ooh. people don't know. Cool. Oh, Can I you, love okay, that. I can't leave that one. Can you please tell us? I don't want yeah, to ruin it for the book, but like? what, tell us the answer to where the smell of soil comes from. It's worm poop. <laughs> oh, that's a it's fun a, fact. It's a bacteria in worm poop that makes soil smell oh. like soil. Kids would love that fact. Yeah, kids would <laughs> love that though. Well, and I love... You know, we were just talking about that. So I work for a big website here called Vancouver Trails here in Vancouver. I'm not the owner of it in any way. I just do some support work. Um, and we were talking about that like localized perspective versus then you do have this behemoth all trails. Like, let's just call it out. But all trails, to your point, is not always accurate. And what I really question is like, on all trails, where do they get the data from? Because certainly they don't have someone like you who literally went to those places, walked mile by mile, wrote down the markers for that. Um, and that's so frustrating. I, I, I mean, in one sense, I'm glad all trails exist. It's a great sometimes like starting research point. Yep. But I think people need to realize like all trails should be the like, I'm brainstorming ideas. But when it comes to like the tactical, factual information, it really has to come from a reputable source, like a, a more localized website or a book or something yep. that's actually like a human being actually verify this information, not just, you know, an AI source or a bot just kind of scraping trail data from wherever. Exactly. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. Pretty much every time I start a trail, either by myself or with my kid, I always go to all trails first. It's a great base just to kind of get an idea as to what's going on. But then I dive much further into many other websites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, I was going to say one more thing. I love that they have book ideas. So we have this book called 103 Hikes Here in BC. It's a very popular book. I think, Kate, I think you have the exact same book as well. Do you not? Everyone, like that the, book. Yeah. everyone, everyone has this book. And when we first got this book as a gift, like probably 15 years ago now, um, we actually wrote down when we did the hike. So when I look back at this book now, I have little notes at the top from the date we did it, what we thought about it, what the weather conditions were. So I really love books as like a really great gift idea if you're an avid hiker to like look back on and be like, wow, remember we did that hike back this day and the bugs were crazy or it rained, yep. um, and to have those little stories, which you just don't get from an online source. Nope, you really don't. So, Sarah, I was looking through one of your pieces you wrote last year. It's not technically about hiking with kids, but um, the article you wrote called Why You Should Stop Calling Mums Superheroes. Yeah. And I think it has so many amazing points for, for us all to kind of think about and to learn from. For our listeners who haven't had a chance to read that, we, we'll drop in a link to the show in the show notes here. But can you tell us a bit about what that piece is, what inspired it, and uh, some of the main takeaways from that from your point of view? Yeah, that one. Um, so I write for um, a local group here called Seacoast Moms. And um, they're one of the only places because when you when you write, when you're a freelance writer, you end up having to sort of pick a niche and you stick with it. Um, and so I don't branch out as much as I would like to on the topics that I want to talk about. Um, Seacoast Moms does that for me. They allow me to write about whatever I want. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like talking a lot about motherhood on that particular publication. Uh, and I got really tired of being called a superhero or look at you, you do it all. 
<laughs> and <laughs> it gets very frustrating as a mom who has a very supportive partner. Mm-hmm. I only have one child. I can't imagine just me being called that, having someone who's doing it as a single mom or a single parent and having multiple kids and not having supportive family around them. And so I just, a lot of the pieces that I write usually comes from anger. Um, (laughs) And then I end up (laughs) and then I end up having either like a really serious, you know, just heartfelt message or I turn it completely around and make it very sassy. Uh, But this one in particular was more of the like, these are the things that moms don't like to hear. And the big one is that, well, look at us, we can do everything. Because the point of it is that we actually don't and we struggle. And even when we do technically do everything, we're exhausted and we have no time for ourselves. And us being an exhausted mom makes us, it's its a lot harder to then be a good mom to our kids. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying something like, you know, oh, I can't believe you do this all. You're just amazing. You're wonderful. Instead ask, hey, is there anything I can take off your plate? Can I send you dinner to your house? Or oh gosh, like, yes, please. Uh, yeah, like, you can do that any time. <laughs> right? Like even like I, I, I don't have a whole lot of child free friends anymore. It's mostly mm-hmm. moms or parents that um, we hang out with. Mostly that's just our stage in life right now. But the biggest thing that we come across is sometimes we just want someone to send us dinner or like, yeah send me a Starbucks card for $5. And I just want to go get a star. Like, that's all I want. I don't need anything crazy. But like, even Mm -hmm. having someone like come over with their kids, and like, especially now, where my kids age, we can kind of let them do their own thing. And I can actually sit for Mm -hmm. a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I mostly wrote that piece just to it was like an homage to all of the other moms that I know are feeling the same way I am, that we're just tired. Well, and I think when you use the word superhero, it implies that we have superpowers as moms that maybe our male partners do not, which is not true. It reinforces the stereotype of moms are superheroes with superpowers to do it all. Well, no, we're not. And often to your point, a lot of moms are doing it alone because they have to be. Um, They're a single parent through whatever situation that is, or they have a partner who is away for work or unable to support them or chooses not to support them, quite frankly. Um, Because you never hear that said about dads. I've never heard a dad called superhero dad for doing it all. In fact, a dad would be called a superhero dad for doing literally the bare minimum of, of parenting, right? Like Taking the kids the terminology, to the park. They took the kids yep. to the park. What a superhero dad. But if you take the kids to the park and glance at your phone for five seconds, someone's probably going to pass judgment on you. So I think it's it reframes that it's like, we're not superheroes. We're just tired moms who we might be doing it all, but we could use more support. Like, yep. I love that. It's like, instead of thanking me for doing it all, like offer to bring in the groceries or offer to right. take our kid for an hour to the park without me. So I don't have to go. Um, yep. I think that's such a great, mm-hmm. I love that idea and that title. And we need more voices like that, sharing that in the community. I even think amongst mums as well, like I've been trying to be more aware of this. I'm talking to friends because I have a friend who will reach out to me and her child, she has one child who's younger than both of my kids. And she's always saying, oh, it's so amazing. I can't believe you're doing all these things. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And after a while, I start to feel like 
Actually, it's not like there's because for everything it looks like I'm doing, there's things that I've dropped. And so what I've started to ask other mums, because I just think it's interesting is like, what is it that you're not doing right now? Because I see everything you're doing. What are you not doing? And the answers are often, I'm not exercising. I'm not doing that passion project. I'm not having any social time with friends. And you're like, well, which of those seems really important to you? And how can you, like, how can we work together <laughs> getting some more of those things? Because when you look at all the things that are done, they feel kind of surface level and they're often not addressing the actual deeper, like, needs that you have. So exactly. I've tried to ask that question of friends that's been sort of illuminating and kind of scary too, I think. And I think, like, at least I actually wrote another article about why mom should go on a solo adventure mm-hmm. because I I also have found that the people who reach out to me are other moms. Mm-hmm. It's not dads it's not child-free friends like as much as i adore them they're not the ones that are like how are you actually doing yeah are you doing okay like those are the other moms that are telling me this so me being able to write things like this and put it out into the world i hope at some point maybe a child-free person will read this or a dad (laughs) or (laughs) like somebody to be like maybe we should step up sometimes Yeah. How do we get it into their hands? Um, So, Sarah, whenever we're talking about getting outside with kids, we also don't like to gloss over the fact that things can go wrong. Um, And I'm sure doing 36, 37 hikes with your kid for just for the purposes of researching this book, as well as all the other things you have to do, because you're doing it all. I put that in inverted commas. (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's been times where things have gone wrong when you're outside on adventures with your kid. Can you tell us about a time or two where something's gone wrong when you've been outside with your kiddo? Oh my gosh. So many. (laughs) I mean, I I actually think probably 80% of the time something goes wrong. It's pretty rare that things are just like so good that everyone's happy everything you know the the views were wonderful everything you know what? hit all of the the marks mm-hmm. one that well okay so there's two that come to mind one is uh we did a road trip for uh my husband's work he had a conference up in idaho and we were living in colorado at the time and uh i really wanted to go to creators of the moon national monument which is like a really cool place like it looks like the moon it's just like from a old so lava cool. volcano thing um but there's caves that you can go in and i'm thinking i mean my son was maybe two like just under two but he was walking he was enjoying things we had gone on a ton of hikes um and we go there after however many hours of going on this road trip, getting all of our stuff out of our at our hotel. We go to Craters of the Moon National Monument, spend the money to get in there, everything. We get to the trailhead and 10 feet down the paved path. It's not even like a crazy path. He just sits and he does not budge. And I think, well, like I've tried everything. I bring all of the things, the mini M&Ms, the gummy bears. The mm-hmm. if I, I had a little car at the time that I was like, maybe I'll play with the car. I'll like race it down the paved sidewalk. Nope. He and just fake. sat there. He didn't even cry. He just gave me the stink face of like, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I want to sit here. It's a nice day. Go away, mom. I'm like, and if he was older, I, I may have like, been able to just be like all right you stay there i'm gonna run to the cave real quick and Mm -hmm. check it out and then i'll be back no 
no, couldn't couldn't do that. I mean, the cave was maybe two hundred feet down <laughs> this path, and he refused to go. I I tried getting him in a pack. Nope, no. Nope. Nothing. And then the second time, <laughs> this one's this one's a fun one because uh, so there's a very popular place here in New Hampshire up in the White Mountains called Diana's Baths, and it's uh, a series of cascading pools um, to go swimming in, and it's a really nice spot for especially kids because there's really like shallow areas, mm-hmm. uh, so you're not too concerned about things. Um, but we went in the fall and. Mostly because, like, the leaves were changing. It was beautiful. Um, I didn't think I didn't bring a bathing suit or anything because it was cold and there's no way I was going to go in the water. Um, and one thing I really learned from this hike is that if there's water anywhere near, <laughs> kids will get wet. Like, yes. doesn't matter. And so, beautiful day. It was a sunny day. We go. It's only about, like, a half a mile in. We go, we're just like skipping rocks over the water and all that sort of stuff. And my son decided he wanted to put his feet in. And I warned him about how cold it was and all these things because it's in the mountains. So mm-hmm. it's it's cold. And he um, took him off and took his pants off. He had like big hiking pants on. Um, and he's just, you know, in his little underwears, which is like the cutest thing ever. <laughs> um, and he, you know, puts his feet in. But then he decides and, you know, it's cold. Then he decides he wants to stand up. And didn't realize how slick the, oh my gosh. the edge of the little pool was. And he went flat on his butt. <laughs> and like a part of me was laughing, but also a part of me was like, did he just like hit his head on this solid granite rock? Um, he was fine, but he was all the way in. Oh my and gosh. It was like the first time where I was like, oh my God, I didn't, because it's only a half mile in. So I didn't bring any change of clothes. It's oh, yeah. cold. Like hypothermia can happen <laughs> fairly quickly. Like it was nuts. And so I got him out, stripped him bare. And I, he had like a raincoat on. It was like a nicer fall day. So it wasn't like it was super cold. Um, but it was, you know, it was cold and it was maybe probably about, Let's say twelve degrees for you guys, right? 12. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So fresh, cold to be fresh, naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was fairly, fairly cold. Cold. So, um, I just stripped him all the way down. It's like I went back to like all my first aid training of like, well, I just get the wet clothes off of him. Um, and so I carried him back in nothing but his raincoat and had a soaking bag full of clothes. So, yeah. That oh. happened. Luckily, it was only a half mile, so it wasn't terrible. We, but, we have oh. been there. We had an, a fail on the podcast where we we literally, there's like this tiny little river our kids are playing at, and we let our kids, there's like this little walking path by it, like right by our house. And our last instruction to them was like, it was a cold, rainy day. It was like, you can play by the river, but obviously don't go in the river. Like we even said that as like, like, a, don't like get a, in the water because why don't would get you? in the water? It's it's cold and it's already <laughs> raining. And then like within like five minutes, we hear mom, mom, uh, my youngest child is in the river. And I'm like, why is there a kid in the river? Like this is not a raging river. It's like a small stream. I should just clarify. Sure. Very small stream. So you run down the path, the small stream. And sure enough, my youngest child, who was like three and a half at the time, is just sitting in there crying, not even getting up on his own. They're just continuing to stand sit. up. Didn't even stand up. Just continuing to sit in the stream. Like I'm so cold and wet. And I'm like, cause you're sitting in the stream currently. <laughs> can can we put two and what if together? we just got no, out of the stream uh, no. just, you know i mean yeah, it was one of those days <laughs> yeah the, and luckily we were together so i had some spare clothes for your kids jen but like yeah. 
My oldest is six and I'm yet, we're yet to be at a point where I feel comfortable going out without a spare change of clothes for that reason. Like yep. somebody's going to get in the water and there's always water around here in Vancouver. It's true. Yeah. Um, so Sarah, you've, you've written your book, you've released your book, Hiking with Kids in New England. Tell us about your next project because you have another book now, right, on the cards. I do have another book. Um, I'm a glutton for punishment, apparently. <laughs> Um, yeah, my next book I, is due in 11 days. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, we should let you get back to run. Okay. Tell <laughs> us about this book first. <laughs> um, so this one, I really thought the hiking with kids book was going to be like really popular, which I mean, I haven't seen numbers, so I have no idea. Um, but every time I tell people about this one, they're just like, when does it come out? Um, and it's swimming holes of new England. Ooh, so, ooh. um, summer, like just off the road it's usually like in a very cool spot or it's got like a cool geological feature um but many of them are like in the back country so you gotta hike to these swimming holes um and it's not just for kids like it's not a just a kid's mm -hmm. book it's just swimming holes in general um and yeah i've really enjoyed doing the research for this one um because i get to swim in all these beautiful places <laughs> jen um, this sounds like a book you should write jen loves swimming I loves i it. love this you, you know should it, find Kate. a way to write that book in vancouver jen yes well maybe no, Sarah can come to vancouver and you're gonna I'll write just, it out here for me I'll just introduce you to the publisher. there you go um so sarah just to to wrap it up here you know thinking about those adventure days with your kid that you've had in the past do you still do them and uh if so what what are you excited about for the future with getting outside with your kid? We do still do them, just not as often as mm -hmm. we used to. Um, he is in full-time school and at the moment he's at summer camp. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and our adventures look a little bit different at five and a half. Uh, we go pretty much at his pace because uh, I can't carry him as much as I used oh to. Oh, my gosh. No, I haven't been able to carry my kids since they were, like, yeah. two, just too heavy. I will still do it. I'll always bring a soft carrier just in case if I really mm -hmm. want to do, like, a bigger adventure. Um, but, yeah, our adventures look a little bit different these days. Um, and a lot of times they're closer to home because we mm -hmm. just have so much going on. Mm -hmm. Well, you're um, writing another book, so you're busy, right, you know? Well, or, and you're going and swimming all like, the time. And, like... <laughs> he's got sports and activities and friends mm -hmm. and you know i'm not gonna take that childhood away from him as much as i want to go out and do all of the things um so yeah we'll do some I, we usually do one at least once a month um and it's usually a smaller uh adventure and i think for the future i'm for the future i want to travel a bit more. So, you know, I, I love New England. I grew up here. I left for a little while, came back. Uh, and there's some beautiful spots here, but um, I he's getting to an age where he's really interested in just different places. Mm -hmm. And I really want to go bring him uh, like across the pond and be able to like go do longer treks with him. So I'm hoping these years of getting him on the trail and continue to get him on the trail He'll want to do more of these long distance treks with me at some point. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed. Awesome. Well, for the book that you currently have and the new book coming out, where is the best place to connect with you online, Sarah, so people can get this book on pre-order even uh, if they're in the area? Yeah. So luckily with uh, my publisher, they are, a, it's a traditional publisher. So you can get the book anywhere. Uh, 
I know that you can get them at chapters because uh, <laughs> my in-laws are, uh, they wanted to get them even though that's New England is not there. Um, <laughs> and so you are able to order it there. Uh, but if you're in the U.S., it's pretty much anywhere books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, those places. If I was to choose, I would rather you go through your local indie bookstore. Uh, they are the heart of this industry and they do so many things for authors um, and the community that if you can support pretty much anything other than the Zon, that would be great. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> they take over a lot and we, we'd like it to sure respect do. the wealth. But uh, yeah, uh, you can also go through my website. Um, I can do a signed copy if you go through my website, which is just saralamagna.com, just like lasagna. So <laughs> I like it. Lamagna like lasagna and you could also find you on Instagram because you share a ton of fun stuff there and you even have full of sass in your bio which I love because it's right up there uh, uh -huh. so again connect with Sarah at Sarah Lamagna like lasagna Lamagna Instagram Lamagna okay oh, did yeah. I say it far <laughs> you can drop the link right. in the notes we'll drop the mm -hmm. links in the notes L-A-M-A-G-N-A um, amazing. It's been so wonderful having you on the podcast today, Sarah. I've, I'm so, I'm like, now I'm like, I have to go to these swimming holes. Like this yeah. totally. Or 50 of them or however many oh, yeah. there are in the book. Oh yeah. There's going to be, be 50, 50 swimming holes too. Wow. Okay. I am excited about that. Uh, well, thank you for being here today, Sarah. We're always looking for great guests to come on the show. So if you're listening to this and you know somebody anywhere literally in the world who's got amazing uh, insights or stories to share about getting outside with their kids, please connect with us. Um, of course, we're on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids and we drop new episodes weekly. So make sure you hit subscribe so you've always got the latest on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts.